I do think that there should absolutely be a distinction between the toughest places to play and the most hostile environments they are to play in. As it relates to the Big 12, let's break it down. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. Of course, as you know, we are available on every single podcasting platform as well as visually on YouTube if you would like to look at the crazy majesticness of the beard. And you can follow me on Twitter at AllDayOState. So, Shout out to OK State Fan Club on Twitter. They pose this question, what are the most hostile crowds coming into the new Big 12? As I started to compile my list, I realized that, to me, there is a distinction between the most hostile crowds and the toughest places to play. There is obviously some overlap, but I think it's, I don't know, somewhat easy to make those distinctions. So, before we jump into some of the news I, I, I've acquired recently about uh, Tim Rattay and some of the, the quarterback situations we have rocking and rolling, as well as a player who's massively surprising, not only himself, uh, but some of the people that used to formerly be around his life. And the recruiting battle continues to heat up for some guys, but particularly one we'll talk about. But, all right, so whenever I think of the hostility in environments. I think there's several things that can come into play here. So we'll just jump right off into it. And guys, remember today, if you like what's what we got cooking here, go ahead and hit the like button, comment, subscribe. Let me know what I missed. There's inevitably some parts in here, but some portions of fan bases will be like, hey, Cody, that's crazy. That's fine. If you think I'm crazy, let me know. If you don't like the daggone thing, then dislike the daggone thing. And, and still, let me know in the comments section what I potentially could have done to make it uh, a little bit better for you. All right, so number one, as far as hostility is concerned, I'm going to have to go with Oklahoma State University. Boone Pickens Stadium is it, it's something special. I, of course, I'm going to get, you know, he's a homer. Uh, he's an Oklahoma State guy, so of course, right, yeah. Okay, but from the walk to physically being literally right on top of you and the fact that only Oklahoma State University and Georgia – are the two major Division One universities that run east to west. Yeah, we don't have the overprivileged uh, bushes catching balls and bodies, but instead we have a nice little comfy padded wall to catch you instead. When we're within uh, the first few rows, we can hear everything your coaches are saying. We can hear everything you are saying. We can read your body language and frustration, and we, we feed on it. We love it. And you can't help but hear every single solitary word that is said. And we, we like to give you a hard time about your playbook, right? And we'll say, oh, don't call that. Oh, that's a bad idea. Hey, you shouldn't be doing that. It's, it's really an intense time. And outside of the game, Oklahoma State's tailgate scene is pretty, uh, it's, it's pretty impressive. 
as long as it hasn't diminished over time like the stupid strip has. But I don't want to get on a, a long rant on that, so I won't. So we'll, we'll jump on to number two. Again, this is hostility, as in when you're coming into our house, we expect it to bother you to a point that it interferes with how you uh, r- run your, your system or your, your rotations of guys. We just like to get in your head. All right, so number two, a place hostility-wise that I don't think it needs any um, introduction here is, of course, you probably guessed it, Reco, Reckham Taco Tech. Texas Tech has one of the hottest stories in football. Joe McGuire has them really believing at a whole new level. And I could have just said 61,000 people throwing tortillas and batteries, and I could have left it at that. I could have talked about how you could get jumped by 37 dudes by your daggone self. That is taco-style Tuesday authentic violence that happens in Lubbock, Texas. That's real stuff, all right? We'll move on to number three, in my opinion, would be Iowa State Jack Tri Stadium. Another one that surprisingly holds in that 62,000 range. But it's an old-school backyard brawl. That's precisely what it is. If you cannot throw hands and also take a few shots on the chin, you will likely not survive inside the trice. Number four, and here's where I'm going to get Cody, you're possibly crazy, buddy. It's the Kansas Jayhawks, hostility-wise. Now, hold on. Let me tell you why. It's partially because of the confusion, right? I view Kansas... They're going to have a lot of those Ricky Bobby moments for those who can't see. I don't, I don't know to do with my hands, right? Ricky Bobby puts his, his hands up in his first interview. That's how I view Kansas fans. They really want to be good. They really want to be relevant. They really want to build this thing up to where they force donors to open the thing up a little bit. Heck, if they have another really good season this year, they might as well do that, make it bigger, go with the plans that are on design, and rename it the Leopold Lane Stadium. They don't know how to be good, but they want to be. So they're going to try, like the little brother or the little sister that you could never, never get off of your hindquarters, they're going to try, right? They're, they're going to try to talk crap, and they don't know how. So it's going to come off super awkward, uh, which could potentially be in their favor. So, yeah, I do think KU should be here at number four as far as hostility is concerned because they're going to try real hard and look like Ricky Bobby doing it. All right, number five, hostility-wise, um, probably Morgantown, West Virginia. Go ahead, give me all the stereotypical moonshine and couch-burning gloriousness and take me right on back to the 70s, baby. I'm all for it. They know how to party at nighttime. In Morgantown, y'all. I think uh, we'll scroll on down to another newbie here in the Cincinnati Bearcats. They, I think, realize there's a little bit of reeling effect from the, the fickle days. And again, we're talking hostility here. Not toughest places to play. And they're going to be hostile. Because they did lose their coach. They did lose a little bit of the cement that was that was just now drying to help them supplant the, a little bit of a legacy coming into the Big 12. They lost a little bit of that. They're going to want to get some of it back, and they're going to try to uh, counterbalance what they've lost, most likely, in the crowd. They're going to ask everybody to get behind the new Big 12. And let's face it, they were realistically the team that was promoting Big 12 flags and everything on their campus before 
uh, all the other newbies, if I recall correctly. Speaking of another newbie, and Cincinnati fans will be happy to hear they're above UCF here. But it's the new kid in town that, uh, you know, shows up rocking the leather jacket here to explain to you how astrology and moon rocks can someday change the world. It's just the, the, the relevancy complex kind of striking again here. But I, uh, you know, I, I, I can see a little bit of the hostile come out there. Uh, next on my list would be K-State. You're, you're talking Bill Snyder vibes, but with a new age. Big, nice, big 12 purplish gold trophy colored twist to it. Now, that, that 50000 there in Manhattan, if it gets going, it can sound and feel like an impenetrable defense has just literally swarmed the field, right? 50000 gets bigger real quick especially in that defense. So you can't say that it doesn't matter because the defensive players, they feel it, they feed off of it, and they play that way. Another team who kind of plays that way, but from an oppositional standpoint, I think would be a number nine on the list, TCU for me. Amon G, Carter Stadium. They're just too daggone nice, guys. TCU fans are just too nice, and they seriously think that a frog Stuck like Chuck because he's always tripping. Frozen statue status, hardcore on acid. Every time they're good is intimidating. It's not, okay? TCU, it's a frog. Nobody in the world is in any fear of a flipping horny toad. It is what it is. Nice try. Get better. Uh, number 10 on the list here would be BYU. Yes, they have an awe-inspiringly impressive setup around them. But this isn't uh, the Holy War year-round. Year one for BYU, they will probably be more kind, kick-awesome, and accommodating than hostile for pretty much all of us, other than maybe Baylor. Uh, they have a, a recent history the last couple of years of Baylor. It's gotten a little little fun. So I expect maybe that'll carry a little bit of weight. And oh, how ironic is it that uh, next on this list, as far as hostility is concerned, is the Baylor Bears. Other than the students all running out on the field at the same time, like that's a pretty cool deal. It's a pretty cool tradition. I like it. I love it. It's a daggone shame. And you should be absolutely embarrassed because Dave Aranda deserves none of this. What he has put together and what has been accomplished at Baylor should mean something. It is a personal slap in the face to the McLean family. In my opinion, that's a 45,000-seat stadium of nothing but my oaky-sized aces worth of spaces. It's ridiculous. Hi, right, number 12 on the list, dragging up the rear. It's got to be Houston. You're not a whole lot better than Baylor. I watched the game last year, and I would have uh, I would have been amazed if you told me there was more than 14,000, 15,000 people in there. I was, it, it reminded me of a baby version of Baylor, and that's exactly how people view Houston in the Big 12. So until you, as a fan base, decide to do something about it, it is what it is. You need to grow a, a fan base that gives a crap. Hell, maybe just, uh, you know, Pay him Tropic Thunder style with a gigantic fake check on free hot dog night. 
or if you're even feeling frisky down in Houston, you can go all in, baby, and you can uh, give that big fake check on Frank and Beans night. Like, step it up a notch. Get people in the stadium. It's kind of important. Now, if we were to, uh, you know, just again, they're outside here. I wanted to poke some fun and add some teams in here. But Colorado, as you're coming back to the Big 12, it's still Boulder. It's Boulder, Colorado. You can just Google it and uh, realize, yeah, the, the terminology of being better should apply to you. Maybe you should follow Dion in his footsteps like he's your personal Cheyenne Buffalo whisperer. And you watch. I guarantee somebody in Boulder just got offended that I said the word Buffalo. <laughs> oh, and a little nice little side note here. Dear San Diego State and Arizona, you would be higher on this list than some of the current members that have even been here for a little bit. So again, guys, if you like it, like it. If you have something to say, comment on it. And sharing is caring. If you don't like it, dislike it. This is America. We have this fun little thing called an amendment where you can uh, pretty much say whatever you feel. Right? And if you feel some type of way, I kind of need to know about it. So help me help you as we continue to try to uh, get this thing rocking and rolling here. All right. So now we got a segue real quick. I got to let everybody know about bird dogs clothing out there. You already know it's the bee's knees. <clears throat> From experience, you know, being in uh, the precarious situation I am to some degree physically, I'm, you know, I got to be mobile, agile, and hostile on a 24-7 basis, whether I'm in the wheelchair, I'm in the prosthetic leg, I'm in the forearm crutches, I'm in the regular crutches. It doesn't matter to me. But what does matter to me is comfort. And if I'm not comfortable in my day-to-day activities, then life is inherently going to be worse from the minute I wake up. Unless you have the benefit of waking up in bird dogs. All you got to do is wear them and work in them and fight in them and run in them and jog in them and work out in them. And then go swimming. And then you wash them. And you grab the other pair of bird dogs. And then you do it again. You grab another pair of bird dogs. See, and then you just keep them in rotation because they got the boxers built in. So that in and of itself saves you money. You get what you pay for. You get what you put in. And what bird dogs does is give you the ability to put in the most amount of work, looking the best, and feeling the best. You don't want to wear your granddad's khakis. The, the days of pressing and iron, they can be over for you. They can be over for your loved ones, too. So go to birddogs.com slash college to get yourself hooked up with the free Yeti-style tumbler with the Bird Dogs logos that comes with it. And you want to know how good the daggone tumbler is? Well, I can tell you that it's been stolen from my wife, and she keeps saying she's going to give it back, but every day it ends up being stuck at her office. So I think all of us know, if you've experienced the married life, happy wife, happy life, if she likes it that much, it's legitimate. Because if she doesn't like it, she won't use the daggone thing. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college to get yourself squared away today. Get the free Yeti tumbler in the mail with your first order. Bird dogs is the bee's knees. All right, so now we get to uh, jump over to uh, what I think is the distinction between 
again, the hostility department and the actual toughest places to play. Of course, we already know, number one, Oklahoma State University, because, again, we're right on top of you. There's nothing you can do to escape it. There is no quiet moments. There is no moment to yourself where you can think. There is no moment to grovel a little bit secretly about an injury you have. You can't hide nothing in Stillwater. We see it all. We hear it all, and you will feel it all. That's exactly why we have been the winningest team of anybody not named OU in the conference for the last decade, darn near decade plus. It ain't going to stop. It ain't going to change. This train is growing more steam right now than it has in the last few years, so I suggest that everybody jump on and bet the over, hammer the over. All right, number two, as far as toughest places to play, in my opinion, it's got to be BYU. Is anybody getting Penn State vibes here? Now, Penn State, without all the sketchy teacher stuff permeating the local drinking water, of course. But the whiteout stuff, BYU can do that. They do do that. They have done that. And when you watch the Holy War on TV, it's one of those games that you can feel through the TV. And that is a rare thing to be able to, to pull off. So to me, again, toughest, most hostile. They're not exactly the same thing. So I would put BYU here. And let's face it, guys, in my opinion, with the, the mountain fresh drinking water as opposed to the, the weird, sketchy, permeating, permeating drinking water, it, I don't know, man, it's like an imposing slant of, of everything coming down on you. It's encompassing you almost entirely. So, yeah, it can be a beautiful scene, but it can also probably be pretty intimidating when, when the right circumstances present itself. Number three, probably not going to sp- surprise everybody, Reckham, Taco, Tech strikes again. Guys, Lubbock can get absolutely wild if they grow the right kind of wild hair. And right now, Joey McGuire might be that wild hair that they needed to keep old AT&T Raider Stadium rocking like the, like the Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Number four on the list for me is going to be Iowa State. Now, if they played every game in November, Iowa State would probably be number one on this list, hands down. But again, if it's a slugfest in the fourth quarter, it can turn into Hilton Coliseum magic real quick, real quick, fast, and in a hurry. It can turn around on you. If you haven't put Iowa State away by the fourth quarter, be prepared. Right? It's like uh, you would just win a 12-round fight, and now the, the governing bodies just let you know, surprise, you got two more rounds. That's what it's like playing in Iowa State if you give them life towards the end of the game. The same can be said about the next team I think is most difficult to play at, and that would be Kansas State. Manhattan is a very, very, very special place. I mean, I have to admit it. Even when they're not exactly great, they show up. They, they're, they're loud. They're into it. They're engaged. It's a family-style atmosphere that can get wild, that, that can I feel like it's, it's a lot. They're the, they're the embodiment of the already established culture, much like Stillwater. But they will back their brand almost regardless of quality. So that that in and of itself is a problem. And they're good. I mean, it's a little bit different when they're actually good as well because then everything outside the stadium is a little bit more intense as well. Uh, next on this list, they battled each other's last season. The Big 12 title game is going to be the TCU Horn Frogs. And notice they were way down on the other list, but that stadium entrance 
if it doesn't take you back to the Dutch Meyer, Fred Taylor, Pat Sullivan type of days, then it's almost impossible for me to assume that you you, you can't feel all of what college football is. And obviously not you guys, but there are people out there that, you know, I don't know, don't automatically instinctually get enamored. And that, to me, it's impossible. With the stories that are soaked into those walls in Fort Worth, that matters. It's a historical connotation that kind of, you know, hovers over you as you're coming in. I don't, that stuff has an effect, especially when the team's really good. Now, don't uh, don't take your foot off the gas in the entire second half, and you might not have that problem. But if you do, they will jump up and bite you 100%. That's about the only time that that crazy acid-tripping horny toad is um, even remotely scary. Uh, number seven on the list for me is going to be the bounce house. I'll give some props here to University of Central Florida. It is crazy. Now, it's also maybe crazy unsafe, but it's absolutely crazy nonetheless. I'm personally kind of excited for this one. I'm hoping that I can find a way to make that trip because I, I personally, I want to experience it. Um, yeah, I'll have to get on an, an, an area where I know it's not going to collapse. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But the next on my list is going to be West Virginia. And it's just simple. At night, when they are good, they will easily all the time be top three, top four on this list. But they aren't very good. And they play a crap ton of day games. And they play a crap ton of day games for a reason. So they just they don't have the, uh, the ability to jump up on this list. Uh, another one I was very high on, hostility-wise, but I think reality sinks in here. It's going to be the KU Jayhawks. Lance has everything positioned for them to begin a nice little ascension here. But the donors are going to need to step up. If they do so, I can only imagine that Lawrence, Kansas, can have a little bit of that you know, Hilton Coliseum magic because what they do in the fog they're a rabid, crazy fan base when they just, when, when they're you know going to basketball games. So we know they can do it. They know they can get behind a team and make the environment crazy for you. They just got to do it, and they got to have people with dollar dollar bills that are willing to help them do so. All right, number ten on this list, Cincy. Sorry, guys, you lost a lot of uh, you lost a lot of street cred. You hold on to some of the Final Four stuff, but I just the feeling to me is just not the same right now as it was with Fickle. Maybe I'm putting too much stock in it. If I am, again, let me know in the comment section. Tell me I'm crazy. Tell me why I'm crazy. I'm fine with all of that. But, uh, yeah, right now, until you prove that uh, you're ready to rock, you're not cracking any of these intimidation factor type of list, fellas. Uh, number 11. Does it really matter? Not really. Number 12, absolutely doesn't matter. But for sake of argument, I'm going to go ahead. And you ready? I'm going to put Houston above Baylor. Yes, that is a knock on Baylor, and it should be. If you're a Baylor fan, Baylor grad, Baylor alum, you should be absolutely embarrassed to even watch a game on TV. I would be sick to my stomach if I'm watching top 10 teams come into my house and I see a bunch of open seats everywhere. I would be, uh, 
I would be irate. So get off your lazy wazoo. Stop watching the game on your couch. Get off your phone. Leave Buffalo Wild Wings. And I don't know, maybe go support your team because they've been pretty good. It's ridiculous what Dave Aranda puts up with. He shouldn't put up with it. Baylor should step it up or move on. Like go back to being in the basement and the doormat and the cellar that you were forever if you have arguably the nicest stadium in the Big 12, but no ability to show it off. It is stupid. Houston, again, same thing. You can't fill up anything either. And when you do fill it up, it, it sounds like you got a choir of church mice in there. Get better. Be better. Step your game up. You're going to need to because Memphis, Memphis is a new, new stadium, looks pretty daggone cool. That'll be fun. Anyways, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying. All right. Some uh, some other fun little news that I think we should probably uh, pop in with real quick is y'all know how hard I've been on Timber Tay. If anyone says that I've been unfair in my harshness, I would gladly ask you to comment how. Spencer Sanders never ever developed. Shane Illingworth never, ever developed. You saw what happened to Shane when he went to Nevada. Right? Level competition. Going to do great. Good for him. Good luck to him. Nope. Not so much. Because he didn't get better at his time in Stillwater. A lot of people are enamored with how good he is with high school recruits and how good he is with a lot of a lot of high school coaches still yet. And maybe it's just his photographic memory is, I don't know, maybe it's just a little different. It's a little quirky or something to that effect. But you know if somebody has that level of photographic memory, if they can legitimately recall every single snap they ever took in the NFL and break down defensively kind of what was necessary, he's a stud. To make it a decade in the NFL, you have to be uh, pretty daggone good last time I checked. But it hasn't materialized yet for us as Oklahoma State fans in Stillwater. I do know that him and J.W. Walsh are very close. I think that's, uh, that's a good thing. I think that his photographic memory and the way he approaches the game has somebody like Garrett Rangel continually not only improving but wanting to improve, wanting to push himself, and 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 wanting to force everybody to put him on the field. Alan Bowman right now gives Timber Tay and J.B. Walsh the weapon while um, you know, we're working on, on Garrett Rangel, we're working on Gunnar Gundy. Bowman does give him some tools that are extra in his toolbox that he hasn't had. Let's see how he utilizes them. Heck, guys, I'm sure he is excited to uh, you know, kind of prove that he can he can do this at this level, at this position. Gunnar Gundy is developing. Gunnar Gundy is developing faster than Shane Ellingworth, I would say, in Stillwater. So if that's any indication on how different this season is than years past, I, I don't know what else uh, we, we could say. I've been pretty um, reserved about giving my Elijah Collins and Jalen Warren comparisons. Well, I think we can take the life off 
jacket off now. I don't think I need those reserves anymore. Elijah Collins is considerably faster right now than he ever was at any point in his career at Michigan State. Right? Power five. Lifting should be the same. The drills should be the same. How to get bigger, stronger, faster should be the same. But clearly it's not. We saw it with Jalen Warren. We're seeing it with Justin Kirkland. We're seeing it with Elijah Collins. Body by glass. It hits different because it is different. And I would almost be surprised at this point if Elijah Collins was not RB1 coming into the season. I mean, yeah, Ollie Gordon and him are going to be like 1A, 1B. I get that. But if Elijah Collins is cooking, they're not going to want to take him off the field, nor should they. Somebody else that's going to be hard to keep off the field is going to be another another guy in Jacoby Sanders, freshman out of Stillwater, Oklahoma. I thought that he brought a lot of physicality straight traits that would that would get him in the in the three deep. I didn't know if his his lateral quickness and and you know certain movements would be an immediate adjustment, but it has, primarily due to Justin Kirkland. Joe Mikulski is really good at his job. Poor guy gets manhandled like a rag doll when he's one-on-one or in a combat-style scenario with Justin Kirkland. So when you have to put Kobe Sanders out there, the true freshman who just got there, yeah, he's a big dude, but, yeah, I mean, you don't know how it's going to go. Well, it went fine. Does Justin Kirkland still win quite often? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's as, it's as often as you can imagine. I'm sure that Jacoby Sanders, though, knows how much better he's getting because of it. And for that reason alone, the amount of repetitions he's going to get against people like Colin Clay and like Justin Kirkland are going to raise his level of play, his IQ and maturity very rapidly. The things he's going to have to learn are the center calls. But the center calls this year should be much more simplistic than, than years in the past. So it's another reason why Jacoby Sanders is definitely climbing up this board. He's definitely number two. He's definitely going to play. And lastly, but not least, if you haven't put Jonathan Gumidu, Gunnar Wilson, Devon Jordan, and Armstrong Noden on your wish list right about, oh, I don't know, now, come on. Let's spread the love. Let's make it happen, Captain. These guys, these guys are going to be special. Thank you, Landon Cleveland. Like, thank you, uh, Coach Brian Nardo. Thank you, Coach Mike Gundy. Adjustments needed to happen. Looks like they're happening. The results are coming. So that's all we're going to have for this one right here. As always, I love you all. God bless. Go Pokes. And I'll see you on the next one. All right, y'all. Thank you for tuning in to make this your first listen. Later.